1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
2: Good morning to you and certainly looking at the weather forecast for today and for much of this week, I think our scorched lawns and our poor old gardens are getting a bit of a reprieve from that wonderful heatwave that we experienced last week with Met Aaron telling us cooler wetter weather is what's in store for this week. And that series of thunderstorms that rolled right across uh, the country, they've passed us now. Of course, we were under a status orange thunderstorm warning uh, because of it. That is passed. And actually, Mallow, a lot of the papers are picking up on this, got one of the worst of the. It was almost like it was a cloud burst up to 60 millimetres of rain fell in Mallow over a two hour period yesterday. And I think I was actually cut out and at one stage I was driving to Marsha from her day centre at about a little bit after three o'clock yesterday and you know you're driving along and the sky had got very dark and there had been a lot of thunder and uh, lightning before that and suddenly the heavens opened I mean at one stage I thought I was going to have to pull in in the car you know when the windscreen wipers are working at top speed and they're still not able to get all the water off the windscreen I could see manhole covers uh, were coming up in, um, in in some areas and actually I heard that in Fair Street in uh, Mallow uh, was flooded for a time yesterday. The, dr- the drains simply were not able to sustain the heavy rainfall. It really was torrential yesterday but thankfully that has passed and in place of those thunderstorms and in place of that gorgeous heatwave last uh, week we are now settling in to scattered light showers cloudy conditions and A little bit of uh, sunny spells, but much cooler and much less humid than it has been for the last few days and much the same really for the rest of the week. We're talking about temperatures 15 to 19 degrees today, 16 to 20 degrees tomorrow tomorrow. And much the same into Thursday and uh, Friday, and even looking into the weekend again, uh, scattered showers and uh, sunny breaks are going to sort of be the dominant across the uh, weekend. So the and the current indications, according to Met Aaron are for unsettled weather. So normal services have resumed, and I know for some people will be glad to see the back of the heatwave. Not everyone able to cope with that really intense heat, but I have to say I absolutely loved it. And can I say thank you to John Paul for sitting in on the programme on Friday and again on Monday. I went away for a little bit of a long weekend down to West Cork and stayed in Court McSherry. And we had a fantastic time. And it was brilliant to see West Cork so busy, so many visitors to the area, so many local people enjoying the area as well. It it really, really was a terrific. And I have to say, I had forgotten how stunning the sunsets are in Court McSherry. They are Absolutely amazing and of course then gorgeous days at the beach including I have to say on Saturday an attempt to go to Inchidani. Now we knew Inchidani was going to be busy so we got up and organised as early as we could and we headed to Inchidani. About 11 o'clock I would say and I knew as we were heading into the approach road in, into Donny the cars were already parked all the way along on on the verge so we knew we, we haven't no hope we're getting a parking space here but we drove all the way around as you do up the one way system back down around got a glimpse got to look at uh, into Donny waved at, at it as we passed and we just drove on there was there was no point you know we were saying would we attempt to go around again but really it was starting to get very warm I just said no leave it go we've 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 timed it. We thought our earliness at 11 o'clock was early enough but it wasn't. And then actually I saw Dina uh, Dina from O'Donovan's Hotel put up a piece after Saturday about Inchidani and of course Dina lives in in Inchidani. 72 cars and vans parked on double yellow lines. I mean really people just abandoned the cars or else they were parked up on footpaths. And of course the big danger then is if the emergency services needed to get through you literally would not be able to get through with the way some people uh, were parking and uh, Dina put up a post on Saturday asking people to please be a little bit more sensible on Sunday. I don't know if they were or not. So we couldn't get to Inch So we said that's the one thing about West Cork. There's so many beautiful beaches that you can if you can't get into one and there isn't parking in one go find another one. There's so many gorgeous beaches. So we headed to Onahincha and got parking space at Onahincha and there was a nice number of people around and everybody enjoying themselves and it was really lovely and we had a gorgeous couple of hours uh, down on, on the beach and it was really really warm and it was great and I was watching I always watch with great interest the lifeguards who do such amazing work on our beaches and particularly talking to some children who were out on, on those sort of paddle boards telling them to you know okay if you're going to be on your paddle boards but please you know only swim and use the paddle boards between the two flags so that the lifeguards could keep an eye on you and in fairness to the children they absolutely said yeah fine to what the lifeguards was telling them and they moved into the area between the two flags so everything was going swimmingly well until my darling husband stood on a weaver fish. Now the only thing uh, we will be thankful of was that he was walking in the water with Marsha. The tide was out it was low tide and they were walking along the edge and Marsha loves that. The waves lapping over her feet and she was really enjoying it and just suddenly he said got a very sharp pain in his heel and he got out of the water immediately and the first thing he checked was let's just make sure that he said it felt like a piece of glass almost you know like a shard of glass it was just a really sharp intense pain uh, in his heel, of course, we could see there was no, there was nothing. We could see no evidence of it being a piece of glass. So he knew immediately that he had stood on a uh, weaver fish. So he went straight to the lifeguard uh, station, and the lifeguards up there are absolutely fantastic. When he went up there, there was another young lad at say about fourteen who seemed to have stood on the weaver fish on the sole of his foot, which I imagine is much more painful as well. Of course, your heel. The skin on your heel has a tendency to be tougher as well, doesn't it? Whereas the sole of your feet, of your feet, the the skin can be softer. Because I saw that young lad uh, about ten minutes after he had got attended to at the lifeguard station, walking, and he was still uh, limping. Anyway, you know, all that the lifeguards uh, do is they have kettles of water ready, basins, and they they filled up the basin for Brendan with uh, as hot water as you can you can tolerate I mean that's the that's what you do if you get stung by a weaver fish put your foot into the hot water and it extracts it somehow extracts the venom it pulls the venom uh, out it breaks down the protein or something and it also helps to reduce the spasm so the the treatment for the sting is fairly simple as long as you know what the treatment is and as long as you have a source of you have to have hot water the water has to be as hot as you can uh, bear it so that's why if ever you are on the beach and you do stand on a weaver fish or you get a very sharp pain on your foot and you believe that it is a weaver fish just head to the lifeguard station because I went up then to see how he was getting on and that was he doing okay and would he live to fight another day and I was talking to the lifeguard and I am saying you know just generally chit-chatting how busy are you and he said they're just really busy with the weaver fish but he said it's hard to believe the number of people who don't realise that you can go to the lifeguard hut and they'll give you the treatment that you need and what many people do is they then you know some people mightn't even realise it's a weaver fish they think they've got something stuck in their foot and then of course they don't do anything about it or else they head home and the pain seemingly can get really really uh, intense. I've spoken to other people who uh, say the sting really is quite painful. Uh, some people compare it to a bee sting but it just lasts uh, longer and the, you know, as I say the only way to get rid of it, there isn't any any anti-venom or anything that you can take to get rid of it. The, the, it's just the basic treatment of putting your foot into, into hot water so that it breaks down the uh, protein. And then of course I had to do a quick Google search on what this weaver fish uh, looks like but they're they're really small. Even though some of them can grow, can be over 30 centimetres in length. But generally speaking, they're very they're very small. They're found all over uh, Europe, in both the North Sea and the East Atlantic Ocean. But this summer, we seem to have a huge amount of weaver fish, particularly off some of our beaches in West Cork. And unlike other fish. They sink when they're not swimming and then they spend most of their time just lying in the sand and they can lie in the sand for very, very long periods. And then, of course, what happens is you're walking and you stand on it. And if you see a picture of it, they have spines running right along their back uh, and they are needle sharp and the venom is in those needle sharp spines on their back and of course they think you're attacking them when you stand on them. So my suggestion to you if you are going to the beach is to have those little aqua shoes uh, on, particularly for children because the child isn't going to even realise what has happened uh, to them. We were just thankful that it was Brendan who stood on the weaver fish and not Marcia because um, she might not even have been able to explain to us what was going on except she would have this pain uh, in her uh, foot. So can I just say well done to all of the life cards at the Ona Hinshia station um, from the Irish Water Safety who were really fantastic and I think we were the fourth up there that morning and they said they had treated 10 people the day before so if you are on the beach and you do think that you are a member of your family have stood on a weaver fish then please head immediately to the lifeguard station because they, they really are equipped. They have the basins ready and I'd say they have the kettle boiling all the time ready for the off. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. 103 103. John Paul Ed, taking your calls this morning. You can text, you can uh, WhatsApp to 86 to 103 103103 and as I'm nice and relaxed after my lovely weekend away in West Cork and I really did feel like I was away on holidays for anyone that is heading away on holidays in the coming days if you are flying out of Cork airport or out of Dublin airport should I say the news came from the airport authority yesterday they're now asking people to arrive at the usual time of two hours before a short haul flight and three hours if you are long haul even though they are still saying if you're checking in a bag You should allow an additional hour for that. The issues that have been behind all of those delays at Dublin Airport right since really since the spring and into the early summer, they all now appear to have been resolved, even to the point that the defence forces remember the defence forces were put on standby in the event of any more of the chaos that we saw earlier in the summer, they actually have been stood down now and they are no longer on standby for Dublin Airport. And we remember back at the worst of it, passengers faced delays of anything up to four hours just to pass through security. And of course, that there was that day at the end of May was a Sunday where a thousand passengers missed flights just on one single day as a result of the staffing crisis. But the, the chaos, of course, prompted the DAA to extend the time frame. The passengers were advised to arrive at the airport, but they're now saying now we are back to normal. Two hours for a short-haul flight, three hours for a long-haul flight. Now, they do say... That the situation has improved significantly and because of that they're, invi- they're advising people that you don't need to turn up quite so early but according to a spokesperson for the DAA the advice has has remained under constant review and will remain under constant review as we go through the last few weeks of the uh, summer uh, and of course their big one is they don't want to have to reduce flights at Dublin Airport and that's something of course that's happened at so many other international uh, So if you're out of Dublin, two hours for a short haul flight and arrive three hours for a long haul. So we kicked you off yesterday, a competition that we're running all this week here in Cork today by giving you a chance to win with Specsavers Hearing. They're celebrating Ireland's reopening with tickets to great events and experience. And we are giving you the chance to win your way to Tommy Tiernan. Very, very funny man is our Tommy Tiernan. He'll be live at the Cork Opera House in October and we have tickets to get you there. Plus, we're throwing in a €100 Greens Restaurant voucher. Specsavers have expert audiologists in your local Specsavers store, and Specsavers audiology is bringing back the sounds you missed the most. I'll play a clip later on from Tommy Tiernan with a word missing, and you have to try and guess what is the missing word. And when we do it, we'll get you to WhatsApp your answer to 0862 103 103. So listen out for that a little bit later on. A missing word from Tommy Tiernan and your chance to win with Specsavers, Audiology, pair of tickets to go see him at the Cork Opera House, plus a €100 Euro Greens restaurant a voucher. That's coming up later on on the programme. Pat, one of our listeners, texting in this morning saying, Patricia, could you help, please? Would anybody know where you can buy an alarm clock Just a standard, old-fashioned alarm clock. And most of us, when you think about it, use alarms on our phones. We don't have, you know, an old-fashioned alarm clock. Now, I don't know whether it's an alarm clock you plug in, an electric one like the digital alarm clocks that were all the rage, or whether I take from Pat's text that he's looking for a real old-fashioned alarm clock. Probably one of the ones you wind up, which are always great in case the electricity goes. You'll always have your alarm clock on standby. Has anybody spotted any any of those? I mean an an electric shop surely would certainly have the digital alarm clocks but I don't know about an old fashioned wind up alarm clock. Has anybody seen them on sale? 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103.
0: Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom. Now part of McCarthy
1: Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie
2: Yesterday, the National Council for the Blind of Ireland launched their annual Clear Our Paths campaign aimed at creating a safer and cleaner environment on our streets for people who are blind or vision impaired to allow them to get around independently. Joining me from the NCBI is June Tinsley, Head of Advocacy and Communications. Good morning to you, June.
3: Good morning, thanks for having me on.
2: Uh, well, well you're, you're very welcome. What are the most common items that can restrict somebody with vision loss on our footpaths?
3: Yes, as you say, this is our, our annual Clear Our Paths campaign. It's really just a, a reminder to the public, to businesses, to remove um, some of the temporary obstacles um, that impede people who are blind, vision impaired, to get about safely. These are things like cars parked on footpaths, dog fouling, overhanging branches, tweely bins, um, bicycles that might be parked up against a pole and slipped down, um, even outdoor dining areas that aren't clearly cordoned off uh, and a chair might be kind of strewn across a footpath. So all these kind of temporary obstacles um, can pose either a trip hazard or can cause injury or even just knock someone's confidence um, as they try to navigate the path safely.
2: Yeah, and I suppose nobody deliberately sets out to obstruct anyone. Is is it True. just that people simply don't think?
3: I, I I think that's largely it, to be honest. Um, and I, I can understand that that perspective. Um, and I suppose that's why it's important for us to to run this annual campaign to be just a, a reminder. Um, because if you don't have interaction with and people who are blind and vision impaired, you don't necessarily um, think of all the the implications of. Uh, the danger of leaving a wheelie bin out or parking up on a footpath to run in to to collect something from the shop, um, forcing that individual now to have to go out onto the roadway, which is going to cause even greater risk, um, or having overhanging branches from your property onto a footpath, which could cause uh, someone to have their face grazed or scraped or or worse. Um, And I suppose it's just a a shout out for us all to be a little more considerate of our our behaviour and for pet owners who do not pick up after their dog, to plead with them to do so.
2: Now you want people to start a conversation with uh, family and friends uh, about keeping our footpaths clear.
3: Yes, because I suppose, as I said, it's people just not necessarily thinking about these things and as a result we are all kind of active bystanders. So uh, on our website we've kind of given some um, pointers on how to have these conversations with your family and friends um, so that it just helps spread the word uh, that people's uh, behaviour and actions can actually have um, affect people who are blind or vision impaired getting them about safely. Um, and sometimes it can be a bit difficult conversations such as uh, dog fouling and things like that, uh, but even just having the conversation to the pet owner to kind of flag that Do you not realise that by leaving that there, if somebody is blind or vision impaired they can't see it and the implications it has on their footwear but also on their long cane Um, if they're using a guide dog and the guide dog's paws all those kind of things um, not only is it very disgusting and unhygienic but it can pose health problems as well
2: Yeah I think dog fouling uh, June is probably one of the most common complaints that we get into this uh, programme I mean aside from what you're talking about people just find it so uh, offensive and get so annoyed that others don't clean up after their dogs could local authorities do more?
3: Um, Yes, I suppose as part of the research that we've done for this uh, campaign, we can see that Cork County Council have issued um, seven fines in 2021 up from zero the year before. So um, the number is very, very low. uh, And as a result, it's not really an active deterrent to that minority of dog owners who don't clean up after their dog. Um, So I think that there is nearly an element of kind of Peer pressure for us to kind of call those dog owners out on it, um, and there's also the need to kind of educate those dog owners of the, as I said, the effects of leaving it behind, um, particularly on the group I'm talking about—people who are blind or vision impaired—but also others, be they wheelchair users or using prams or whatever. Um, uh, it's, as I said, it's, it's just quite a, a, a disgusting, inconsiderate thing mm. to, to leave.
2: Yeah, because, you know, your campaign is also going to help wheelchair users and indeed, you know, parents with prams and buggies as well. And actually, somebody's just texted in to say in Formoy town outside two pubs, they have timber covering the footpath. I'm assuming these are the outdoor dining areas and drinking areas. This listener says, I have a son in a wheelchair. We have to go out onto the road as there is no room to get by in a wheelchair.
3: Yes, and to be fair, like outdoor dining has really kind of taken off here since COVID, um, and some businesses have been really proactive, and I, I commend them for kind of cordoning off the areas very, very clearly, and um, using kind of colour contrast and things like that, so they're easily identifiable. But others, others are less so, and as I said, um, there isn't enough space left on the footpath to navigate past safely, or the chairs can be uh, end up strewn across the footpath. Um, and I suppose it, it, it also urges the customers just to remind them <clears throat> if they are using those spaces to make sure they tuck their shopping bags and things like that under the table and chairs. So. So they don't pose a trip hazard to somebody who's blind or vision impaired to get past safely.
2: Yeah it's just to stop and, and think. I mean that's, that's that's got what a lot of it is just to put a bit of thought uh, into where you're parking or if you're a business where your tables and chairs are positioned. Because I remember June a couple, number of years ago interviewing a, a gentleman a visually impaired a gentleman from Kerry. Very active, independent a young man and he contacted us one day and it was just on this issue about people parking on footpaths and he was heading to work and somebody had parked a van or a truck on the footpath so now he was able to sort of squeeze by but he misjudged where the wing mirror was and he walked straight into the wing mirror and it was only when he got to work that his colleagues at work said you've actually really injured your your face he didn't realise you know what a bad bash he had got and obviously the guy parking the truck would, you know was saying oh there's enough room there people can can get in on the footpath but didn't stop and think about somebody who's visually impaired and couldn't see the wing mirror sticking out.
3: Yes, exactly. And I suppose we've come across instances like that as well, with particularly with, with delivery trucks and things like that. Um, and those delivery trucks obviously have to go about their business. But it's just um, having just a little more consideration for, for the passengers or the pedestrians that are walking by um, at the time of that delivery.
2: Yeah, yeah. OK. All right. Listen, uh, June, and, you know, it's, uh, and it's one of these things that you have, to, you have to do this every year. You just have to keep reminding people to keep our footpaths yes. clear. Yes, All right. please. <laughs> Listen, we wish you good luck with the campaign, as always, June, and thank you for joining us on the programme. Thank you. Take care. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is June Tinsley, Head of Advocacy and Communications with the National Council for the Blind. Please keep our footpaths uh, clear. Now, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago about the DAA and they are advising Dublin airport passengers to now. You only now have to arrive two hours before a short haul flight. And three hours before a long haul uh, flight, because they say the queue time has eased. That's prompted Fran, one of our listeners, to send us in a voice note via WhatsApp.
3: Hi, Patricia and John Paul. Hearing you talking about Dublin Airport and its significant improvements. Interestingly, my Spanish student who was here for three weeks received a message on Monday from her Spanish flight company telling her that because Dublin Airport was experiencing many delays that she was to arrive there four and a half hours early she was actually doing that anyway because she was going by bus but um four and a half hours from Dublin to Spain crazy
2: Thanks, Fran. Uh, Thank you for that, Fran. And it certainly makes the day and the journey very long if you're waiting four and a half hours, arriving at the airport four and a half hours before your flight uh, and hopefully your Spanish student got home safe and sound. Thank you for that, Fran. WhatsApping 0862. 103.103.
0: Court today on C103. With Corrigan's McCroom,
1: now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. See MIG.ie.
2: Now Smart, which is the fraud awareness initiative of the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland, uh, say the total number of text messaging scams which they've been notified of so far this year is almost double the amount seen during the first six months of last year, with advice on how not to get caught out by these scam artists. I'm joined fra- from Fraud Smart by their lead, Neve Davenport. Good morning to you, Neve. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, this type of scam is called smishing. Can you just outline how these scams work?
4: Yes, yeah, so smishing is basically SMS text message. So that's what their text message scams that people are getting. And fraudsters are very good at. Uh, using different kind of scenarios to make you believe that they're true texts and that they are from who they say they are. For example, you might get one pretending to be your bank or we've seen a lot maybe during COVID pretending to be the HSE around COVID vaccinations. During Brexit, we saw examples for customs charges when Brexit came in, different things like that. So they always use kind of current affairs nearly as an example to try to get you to act quickly and do something you wouldn't normally do.
2: And the the fraudsters are getting good in that the message can often look completely authentic.
4: It looks completely authentic, can even appear in a text message thread. So, for example, from a bank point of view, if you have text messages from your bank, they can actually appear in the same thread.
2: And the scam uh, purporting to come from on post, we've been getting a lot of calls about that, looking for a small delivery uh, charge. That seems to be very common at the moment.
4: It's very common. And, you know, what will happen is, and the same with any text message that you get, if there's a link in a text message, it's probably a scam. That's that's the key advice I can give today, whether it's on post, your bank, pay to see, whatever the case may be, any text, if there's a link, don't click on it. But what the link does is it brings you to a fake website. And in the case of the onpost ones, is asking you to pay a small customs charge. Um, and in gathering the information on that fake website, they're getting your name, your bank details, uh, your, your debit card number, your address, and different things like that. So they can use them either to log in to your online banking, depending on how much information you've given, or just to get your debit card details and then go off and use it themselves on different websites.
2: And they're cute in that they're looking for a very small sum of money initially.
4: Very small sum. I think a lot of the charges I've seen of like one euro ninety, something like this. Uh, you know, and the websites that they're bringing to you are also very believable. And by putting the link in, it's making it very easy for people to access and say, oh, I'll just pay that one ninety, and, you know, I'll be done and my package will be here kind of thing. So you act like thinking it's not something that you're going to go, red flag, they're asking for €100.00. It, it, it's all done as a sense of urgency. You know, I need to pay that to get the package released, or I won't get it. Or if it's the bank, you know, oh, there's fraud on your account, I need to click on this link, confirm my details so that, you know, my account is safe. There's always some sort of,
2: you know, quick urgency. Action. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, and uh, one of our listeners is saying that her friend got caught out on a WhatsApp. The message was purporting to come from her daughter, whose phone had been stolen and she was using somebody else's phone. Now, I've heard this. This is one I've heard. It seems to be becoming more common as well.
4: Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of this. We've seen it actually across Europe a little bit more, but it's starting to creep in here too, um, where you get a text message saying that, you know, the phone has been stolen, like, mom, hi, mom, hi, dad, can you transfer some money? My phone's been stolen and I can't access my account. Um, like, I, you know, that may be a true situation in some cases. So, it, you know, it might be easy to believable, be believable depending on the age of your children. So people might do it quickly without thinking, or if they're in work and they can't talk, To say, oh, God, I don't want to leave them stuck, I'll transfer it here. But any of these things, you know, Please pick up the phone and call, call whoever it is if that's the case, you know, before doing anything. Don't don't just act on things. And the WhatsApp message again, is that how you normally contact? You know, is it normally through text messages? Is it normally through WhatsApp? Do they call you mom? Do they call you yeah. mom? You know, different things like that. That can be a red flag. But if i got a text message like that, you know, please just
2: think about it pick up the phone and ring them yeah I, I actually had a friend of mine and it was meant to be from her daughter and it was you know it was hi mum and she said I knew straight away she said because my kids call me ma'am she said yeah. they would never put hi mum in a text and when she went to try and ring the number of course couldn't get through to anyone yeah, yeah. No, no, there it might was. not work so much for the Irish what we call
4: our
2: mum <laughs> yeah that's true that is that is true and, right. and, and invoice fraud uh, Niamh, uh is also starting to cost Business money.
4: Yeah. So again, this is not a new type of fraud. It's always been around. It's something that we really want businesses to be aware of. And the reason as well we're asking businesses to be more aware of this going forward is because Irish banks are obviously sorry, banks leaving the Irish market. So we know Ulster Bank and KBC are leaving. So there are seventy thousand businesses who are going to be changing their bank accounts. So more than likely, most businesses are going to get some form of communication from one of their suppliers over the next few months saying. Here's our new bank account details for future invoices. Previously, I would have said to you, anybody changing a bank account is a red flag because how often do you do that? However, with so many businesses changing their bank accounts, this is going to be common practice. The only way to verify if this is a true communication is to pick up the phone and contact your supplier. And I can't say that enough. Just pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody you already deal with on a regular basis or use contact details that you have on files to contact them. Do not use any information in that communication. Do not use contact details or do not update bank details.
2: And again, these fraudsters will be very aware that Ulster Bank and KBC are exiting the Irish market.
4: Exactly. A bit like how they used Brexit or COVID for different type of tech scams. They're going to be doing using banks leaving now as well. So that's why we really want people to be aware Businesses in particular, because it's very large amounts that could be lost, What this, how the scam actually works with the businesses is you do get an, an email in saying these are in your bank account details. They're not looking for payment. They're not looking for action. It's just kind of like an FYI notice. So you you may not have that red flag that you normally would have, and you know that people are leaving the markets and bank accounts have been changed. You update the bank account details in on your online banking system. And then what happens is the next time a legitimate invoice comes in to be paid, yeah you're going to pay the frauds bank account. Ah. The time has passed, the frauds are sitting there waiting for the money to come into the account, and then you might not realise that you've actually paid a frauds um, account until maybe a reminder invoice comes in and you say, well, I've already paid that. So a lot of time has gone past before you realise what's happened. So these are very dangerous, mm-hmm. and they can be quite large amounts. We've seen them ranging, well, the average is about 14,000, but we've seen up to 50,000, depending on who you're paying.
2: So your message, Neve, to both personal customers and to the business community is take your time, never click on a link or in in a text message or an email without verifying where it has come from.
4: 100% can't be clearer. Don't click on links. And for invoices, please pick up the phone and contact your supplier directly.
2: Okay, and a listener is wondering where do all these fraudsters come from? Are they all overseas criminals or are some of them based here in Ireland?
4: Some of them are based here. Are, Some are based abroad? Yeah, and um, it can be what, like what we're also kind of when we will be doing more on this going forward is actually Irish people's bank accounts are being used. So, um, it's called money muling, and it's people selling or using their Irish bank accounts to transfer the funds because people need to transfer the funds somewhere. Say, for example, in these invoice redirection frauds, uh, where does the money go? And they're hiring students outside schools or people who might be, you know, with the cost of living crisis, stuck for money coming through the winter, might be tempted to use their bank account or sell their bank account for it to be used for these frauds. But they don't realise what they're being used for.
2: And if you if you're caught by the guards
4: Oh, it's a huge problem. It's I mean it's a it's a criminal offence that you could be fined and you could be imprisoned as well. So it's a huge kind of impact on your life. You uh, know, uh, they uh, travel abroad, apply for mortgages, things like that, going forward. But you know, people are strapped for cash, and they don't realise the effects of what they're doing.
2: Is this a lucrative business for these criminals? It's very
4: lucrative. I mean, if you think of even the invoice redirection one, and um, for businesses, they could be getting two, two thousand euro, five thousand, ten thousand euro. If just one person, if just need one business, to click on.
2: Them. It's unreal. It is unreal. So please be careful. We can't talk about it enough. And it always surprises me, Neve. We do a weekly uh, crime file slot with um, the local Gardaí. And it, it, in, inevitably, we'll hear another one nearly every week. Somebody's getting cut out. So we just need to keep talking about it. And, and well, you know, fraudsters are
4: professionals. They know what they're doing. And we work very closely with the Gardaí as well. They're very supportive of our FraudSmart initiative. And people can actually sign up for alerts on FraudSmart.ie as well. And if we have new scams coming out, we alert people and to follow us on social media as well. We're we're always trying to keep people informed. Because
2: the frauds that are generally would step have ahead of us, unfortunately. Well done. Well done. Fraudsmart.ie uh, for more details. Neve, a pleasure as always to talk to you. Thank you for Thank that. You, and uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is Neve Davenport, lead with uh, Fraudsmart, which is an initiative of the Banking and Payments Federation. And somebody is pointing out when we're talking about all of the frauds and the scams that are, are going on, we've been forced to do more and more things online. Uh, it has become a hacker's paradise that is coming in from Ross on 86 103, 103 I mentioned that somebody was looking for the old-fashioned alarm clocks. and we're, Did anybody know where the old-fashioned alarm clocks were on sale? Well, we got a flurry of texts and calls in on uh, this. Uh, Mary uh, said, Hughes, Hughes is in Butterfant have those alarm clocks that you're talking about. Somebody else says you can get them in uh, Argos. Now, the picture somebody sent down from Argos looks like the old-fashioned alarm clock. You know, the two sort of the bells on the top of it. But it isn't a wind-up. It's actually you've got to put in two AA batteries. and um, uh, uh, That's another option. Somebody else said there's a guy selling clocks in Bantry Market. He sells them every Friday. He's from Cork but he's been coming to the market in Bantry for many, many years. Hutches Hardware in Botavent. Said somebody else says those old style alarm clocks on sale. That is from Ray. Thank you, Ray. Mary says hi, Patricia. Most jeweler shops will stock a battery operated alarm clock. It might be worth Pat, our listener, going into a local jeweler shop. Citizen, where Pat was texting from earlier on, and Rosie in Ballinhasick says hi, Patricia. Deans. On some Main Street in Bandon, they certainly have alarm clocks for uh, sale. Uh, Liz says any of the discount stores will have alarm clocks. Una says jeweler shops is the place to uh, go. Someone else says uh, any good jeweler shop will have them. I was I picked up one one in a small shop in Cork City as well, so they are available. Alarm clock available in Kellehurst of Kanturk. somebody else says. And I know John Paul got some calls in from people. Trish in Blackpool says they... Argos is the place to go Dennis in Newcastle West says any hardware store in a rural town or a small electrical shop will certainly have them and Marie in Kilmalig says I have three of those alarm clocks the ones with the batteries in them I've got one that's been working for the last three years is that without a battery change I bought one in O'Neill's hardware shop that's in hospital in Limerick I've also seen them available at O'Shea's in Charleville so thank you <laughs> right across Cork City and County Lots of alarm clocks for sale. We need to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. Our lines remain open. Something you want to share with us call John Paul at 0818 103 103.
0: Cork Today on C103. With Corrigan
1: Insurance's McCroom. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk they walk
2: the walk. C-M-I-G
1: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Some of your calls and texts coming in, Michael says, Patricia, uh, I'll be getting a lump sum for the fuel allowance this September. Would you please be able to tell me how much it will be this time round with the talks of the extra bonus? As if I knew how much I would be getting, it'll be easier for me to plan the spending of my bills. Kind regards, says uh, Michael. I wish I could tell you, Michael, exactly how much it's going to be. There has been so many kite flying would you say so many suggestions of what's going to be contained in the budget and this in the last number of years this happens in the lead up to the budget by the time we get to budget day we kind of know everything that's announced but we still have to wait until the actual official announcements are made there was once upon a time when you'd sit down to look at the budget and everything would come as a surprise but I think for the last I suppose 10 years if not more uh, certainly doing this programme we're we're constantly predicting what's going to happen in the budget and 9 out of 10 times uh, we're right so what we do know is that one of the options under consideration is a 10 euro per week hike in the fuel allowance and in the living alone allowance but we're going to have to wait for uh, Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Finance to get to his feet on Budget Day which is at the end of September, it's earlier this year to make that announcement so unfortunately Michael no, I can't let you know and I, I can understand why you want to do it and there's a lot of people doing that as well there's a lot of people already trying to budget and trying to put a little bit away for the winter months ahead because we know electricity has gone up gas has gone up fuel has gone up and people know that the bills are going to be higher in the winter months it's been fine you know during the warm spell that we have people haven't had heating on etc but that's not going to be the case in the wilds of winter so I know a lot of people are doing their very best to try to budget but unfortunately no you're going to have to wait until the act budget a day itself. I mean there's also talks that the government are considering an extra 15 euro a week in pension and in welfare payments for families for example. Also under consideration is a once off double payment of the Monthly 140 euro child benefit the good old children's allowance that's expected to be announced as part of a cost of living package that will be announced on budget day if that goes ahead for anyone with children it will mean that those in receipt of child benefit payments will be in line for 280 euro a one off uh, payment if you have one child or it will be 560 if you have two children but again it's just all speculation as to what we can expect is going to happen in the budget but no debt Definite uh, announcement yet, uh, Michael. And hi, Patricia. A piece of paper that this listener suggests was not visible from a car went up in Nad Village yesterday, stating that the road to Cork City will be closed from the 20th through to the 26th of August. Now, the 20th of August is next Saturday, so right across next week. Locally, people are saying that a cattle Walkway is being constructed, and it's approximately three kilometers from the village. The problem with this road is. This road is the gateway to the city for all rural areas back as far as Rathmore, Mill Street, etc. It is the main road to the city for people like nurses, doctors, the elderly, cancer patients who need to get to hospital appointments, appointments, etc. Surely Cork County Council or even the local TDs could come together with proper forewarning signage and a traffic light stop and go system while these roadworks are underway. The nearest safe detour would be to drive to Mallow up the cork road and then drive through the city for example for anybody who needs to get to CUH or you could cut from the cork road and go via blarney by the time people arrive in nad on their way to work next monday particularly if they're not aware that the road is to be closed many of them will be hours late for work if they had to do if they have to do that detour and i know Uh, John Paul is going to get on to Cork County Council just to find out is it possible that they could put a stop and go system or are they aware of how long the detour is going to be four people for that week, and I'm assuming that they're trying to get the work done before the children go back to school. Because like a lot of those roadworks are underway, uh, and the whole idea is get them out of the way before the schools start. Because of course, as soon as the schools start, we know that the traffic increases on the roads. So just to let people know, if you are, if you do need to travel to Cork City from Nad Village or anywhere back behind Nad Village, be aware that that road is closing from next Saturday through to the 26th of uh, August as I say. In the meantime we'll get on to Cork County Council and see if we can get any update or why they haven't considered a stop and go. Maybe a stop and go system with traffic lights is just not possible. 0818 103 103. In the last hour I was talking with Neve Davenport about scams and the the smishing scams. These are the ones that you get by your SMS text message and that, that then led to a chat about invoice fraud that particularly is targeting businesses and that generally comes via an email. And for everyone to be aware of unsolicited text messages or phone calls or emails and just to be very, very careful. Some of the emails and the texts that you can receive can be genuine, but don't click on any link. Check with a phone number that you know to belong to the company that are trying to contact you ring them to find out are they genuinely trying to contact you but that's led Jim to one of our listeners to contact us to say he got an email from a company called eCollect saying that he owes 245 euro it's on a subscription that he owes he then got a follow on letter saying that they would be taking Jim to court. Now, he's ignored both and he's heard nothing since. He said, I'm just wondering if any of your other listeners had similar emails or letters from a company called eCollect. Now, I straight away thought that was strange to get an email. When an email arrives at like that, you think, oh, that's a scam. But an email then followed up by a letter got me thinking, could that be? Genuine. So during the news, I did a quick search on eCollect, and there is such a company, eCollect. They are one of the leading debt collectors across Europe and indeed worldwide. They operate in 60 different countries. So it is possible, Jim, that this is a genuine. Debt that you owe. I mean, the only thing I would say, what I would say to you is, what was the prescription subscription? Did you have a subscription that you owe money on? Um, you can contact eCollect again. I wouldn't be contacting them by any link on the email or even any phone number. That's actually on the letter. If you Google eCollect, you will find them. I mean, they are a very above board uh, company, but as I say, they are a debt collecting company. So maybe you do owe. Oh, I don't know, but as I say, was there a subscription charge that is outstanding? One that you've forgotten about? I don't know. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. But we'll give it out there to others to see has anybody else ever received an email are a letter from eCollect, as I say, it is a debt-collecting company, 0818 103 103. And shocking to read in the papers today that more than 12 health service staff a day are subjected to either physical Verbal or sexual assaults. And not surprised to hear this, but saddened to hear it that nurses are bearing the brunt of workplace assaults across our health service. Uh, so much so that the Irish nurses and midwives organization, the INMO, are now calling for a zero tolerance approach to the problem. Uh, figures have been released by the Health Service Executive. Well, these are the these are the number of Staff who have logged a complaint about uh, an assault and over 7,000 assaults were logged to the HSC between the start of last year and July of this year. But it was nursing staff with the biggest, single biggest job category in the health service who were most affected. 4,420 assaults over that 19 month period. Uh, a nine m o spokeswoman said that one effect of staffing shortages was that patients and their families are often left for very long periods sometimes. People can be left for tro- on trolleys for days. God knows we've heard enough of those stories on this program, and then they are waiting to get into a hospital bed. People get very upset and unfortunately, if they want to vent their frustration, it is the frontline nurses or the frontline midwives are the one ones that end up in some cases being physically abused or verbally abused. And you can sense, you know, somebody's getting very frustrated. And of course, it isn't the nurses or the midwife's fault that somebody can't get a bed or that your mother's lying on a trolley and has been for the last day or two and is in pain and needs to be in a hospital bed. And of course, a nurse comes to check to see how everybody's getting on. And of course... The frustration then is taken out on uh, the nurse. It is not acceptable, says the INMO, in our profession or indeed any other profession, that the possibility of being assaulted is considered part of the job. It's not something you should have to take in your stride. And sadly, for many of their members, they say there are long term and devastating psychological effects which can uh, be life changing and career ending. Taking assaults, uh, tackling assaults against nurses and midwives, they say, requires now a zero tolerance approach. But they do say until the problem of chronic overcrowding is addressed, nurses and midwives will continue to face an unavoidably high volatile workplace where things uh, can easily get out of control. The HSE says staff are encouraged to report all near misses and incidents, even those that do not result in harm. As a result, the HSE say, The number of incidents reported should not be considered as indicative of the level of harm. In addition, they say that there may be multiple reports relating to the same incident, which to me is the HSE playing down the number of assaults that have been logged by the HSE. But yes, it is completely unacceptable that somebody turns up, particularly nurses and midwives. They're in a caring profession. They're there to look after people. And it's simply unacceptable that they should be expected as part of their working day. To be the victims of physical or verbal abuse. And as I say, and and in fairness to the uh, INMO, they are saying. Because people get so frustrated, and you know, people get very worried and very anxious, either about themselves or a loved one. And of course, the first person they're going to take it out on is the person that they see that's in, is in charge. And in many cases, it's not that person's fault, and it is the nurse who's at the cold face of it. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. C one zero three jobs. The Citizens Information Service in Mallow. They're looking for a receptionist slash administrator. Applicants must be eligible for a community employment scheme. Your contact is Paul Fleming, and you can call Paul on 086 037 4367. Full-time sales assistant is required in Crystal Earth in Mallow. CVs, please, to sales at crystalearth.ie. Aragland House Nursing Home they're looking to recruit full and part-time chefs. CVs please to chris at araglandhouse.ie And Casey's Furniture in Cork. They're looking to hire a sales consultant. CVs please to bernie.hennessy at caseys.ie You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court
0: today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's
1: McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See
2: now, the HSE South, together with a host of community partners, are offering free training to individuals and groups who are interested in learning skills that would contribute to reducing incidents of self-harm and suicide in the uh, community. Uh, to outline what these safe talk training workshops will entail. I'm joined from Ballyhara Development by Jackie Hare, who is a Development Officer with the North Cork Rural Community Health at Work. Good morning to you, Jackie.
5: Good morning, Patricia. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, you're very welcome to the programme. What skills do you hope participants will take away from these training workshops?
5: Um, The individuals that we hope that will attend the Safe Talk training um, will be able to recognise afterwards the invitations um, that are often sent out by the person who is thinking about the act of suicide. Um, Often, many people who are thinking of thoughts of suicide can um, truly not really want to die, but are struggling with the pain that's already in their lives. And through their own words and maybe even actions, they could possibly send out um, invitations to others that are around them to help them to stay alive. Now, this might be words or it could be, as I said, actions. And um, So we're hoping after Safe Talk training that um, individuals in the community um, will be able to recognise these invitations and take action um, by saying a, a couple of um, sentences that are direct and they are frank and they bring the subject up pretty quickly. And um, that person then... Who's thinking of suicide can say yes or no, and the individual who is trained can then act on supporting them to get to the right telephone number, for instance, if they need immediate um, attention.
2: Yeah, it's all about asking the the right questions or having the right information because, you know, many times I would have interviewed people who were bereaved through uh, suicide and they would talk about the days and the weeks leading up to losing a loved one from uh, suicide. And I know a lot of people soul search and think, did I miss, did I miss out on some of the signs?
5: Yes. And, you know, there's three steps pretty much to, to the safe talk response. And it's about asking directly the person who seems so, you know, low in front of us. Um, are you thinking of, or have you planned, or no? Have you are you thinking of um, suicide directly? Just those four or five words, and the person will say yes or no. There it is. You know, I think a lot of people have concerns about saying the word suicide. Mm. There's stigma around the word suicide, and it might bring up. I think people fear the the idea of suicide for that family member or the the person in your community or the person could be in your team or could be in your workplace. And so this is about making the word more transferable into our language, you know, that we're not afraid then to say it and that we can say it directly to the person that we're concerned about. If the person then says yes, then the next question is is, um, if that person has a plan to do so.
2: Who would you like to see attend the workshops, Jackie?
5: We'd love this message to get out to the community, into every um, household, if possible, in the rural communities around North Cork. Um, I am one of three North Cork health workers who are posted in the three development organisations, between IRD do Hallow bali development and the avenue Blackwater region which is right across the North Cork rural communities. we would like this um to be attended by people from those rural communities and then to be you know taken into the community into the everyday lives of everybody else who lives in their rural community
2: and do you, what do what will the format of the workshop be I know it, I, I, it's a free half day. Workshop, it's isn't it? A
5: free training from the HSC. It's three and a half hours, and it is then you are, um, you are trained or qualified in suicide alert training by Safe Talk.
2: Yeah, and of course the I know one part of the training is is discuss and practice what's called the talk T A L K. Which yes. is which is te- which is tell, ask, listen, and keep safe. Keep safe. Yes. So it's those kind of skills that you're going to pass on uh, uh, to people. And I'm assuming then, you know, you give you give the information on the resources that are available both locally and nationally.
5: Yes, and the telephone numbers that would be, you know, that last part, keeping safe, is for not only the individual who who feels that they are thinking about suicide, but ourselves as response people, how we can stay safe too as well. If we are equipped by having telephone numbers um, and services, that we can um, call on then to assist this person, to signpost them to the next um, beneficial resource.
2: And I think, um, I'm really hoping that we get the message out, particularly to people who live in uh, rural areas, because... Anyone thinking or who has suicidal uh, thoughts, it's even harder in a rural area, isn't it? Where there mightn't be the support that they need.
5: True. This is true. Um, and there there is a lot of distance, you know, geographically, a lot of miles between what are the big towns like Charleville, Mitchelstown, Mallow. So in between that, those towns, you've got the pockets um of very isolated communities. But everything at the same time is a phone call away, um, and support and help is one phone call away. Also, it's just trying to get all those um, messages and telephone numbers out there to the right people.
2: Yeah, and I was when I knew I was going to be talking to you today. I was on the the website uh, yesterday. I mean, these talks are going on right across the city um, and the county. There, it's not just North Cork. I saw some in the city. There's some in West Cork. There's some in East Cork. Like, it's right across the city and county.
5: It's very, very well distributed. Yes, that's true. And, you know, this is this is something that is, as I said, free to the community, um, which is not offered free in our neighbouring um, countries under the NHS, for instance. Um, people uh, in the lay community and professionals have to pay for this training in other countries. So this is a great benefit that we're making sure the message is completely out there, um, and available at, at no charge whatsoever.
2: Okay, well done. Well, well done. And the ones that you're personally involved in, in North Cork?
5: I'm personally involved in the Charleville Park Hotel, which is on the 6th of September, and that's at 6.30 to 10pm. And I'm also involved in the Mitchellstown one that's on the 12th of October, 10am to one thirty pm and um, because
2: uh, yeah, go sorry. on. That's in the Far Grove in in Mitchelstown.
5: Sorry, yes, yeah, the Far Grove Hotel. Yeah, and the there is another one at the end of this month that is on offer in the Springford Hotel in Mallow.
2: Okay, and as I say, I I went online and and they really are there. Uh, there's one in Skibbereen. There's one in the Maritime Hotel in Bantry. The Vienna Woods in Glenmire the uh, Parkway Hotel in Dom There's one in the Middleton Park Hotel. I mean, literally, I think no matter where you're living in Cork City or County, you will yeah. you should be able to have access uh, to one of these um, workshops, uh, the half-day workshops run by the HSC South, and they are free. Now, obviously, registering for a course like this is essential, Jackie, because of numbers.
5: Yes, and registering can be done online the HSC website. If you um, put in um, start, Suicide um, Safe Talk training you will be able to find the link to register there. You have to be over 18 and registering is essential for the simple reason: The room is a protected area on the day of the training. We would like to and we always know how many are coming into that room before the training starts. Um, Nobody can arrive late. Once the training starts you can't just um, pop in 3 or 5 or 10 minutes late Um, and Everybody in that room, for that reason, is supported. So should the subject be too much for some people, there is also a resource worker um, in the room at all times. And if anybody has to leave, we always make sure that
2: person is okay. Well done. Well done. Listen, we wish you luck uh, with it, uh, Jackie. And thank you for taking time out to tell us about it this morning. Thank you, Patricia, for good, having me. Thank good, you. good morning to you. That is Jackie Hare, who is Development Officer with the North Cork Rural Community Health Work. 0818103103. Road closure queries uh, still coming in to us. Keith was on to say the road at uh, Killard in Blarney, and actually, I was on this road at the weekend heading to West Cork, that's also closed. So, just to let people know, with the road from Nad closing, and somebody was suggesting they could go to CuH via Blarney to let people know that there would be delays there because there's det- detours there uh, from Blarney into Sunday's Well uh, via Killard. Uh, the road is known as Faggot Hill. This is now closed, but Keith says, would you have any idea for us when they're going to reopen it? Now we did contact Cork County Council and they said the road closure, that was put in place on Monday the 18th of July and it is remaining in place until Sunday the 11th of September. It's from the junction of Blarney Road at Claheen Cross to its junction with Castle Close Lawnance to facilitate bridge repair and associated works. Uh, local access obviously has been maintained and local diversion route will be in place. And as I say, I was on that and that diversion Doesn't take you too far out of your way. It's certainly the one from that that we were talking about earlier uh, is going to add a a huge amount of extra travel time for people there. But that one around Blarney isn't really that bad for people uh, needing to travel into that area. And John Paul says many queries on road closures. Why when you come over the bridge from Mallow? Turning towards Seamus Murphy Place, there's only one lane to turn. The cones have remained in place. You can't go ahead to Ballydehean with local access only. But it is there. Is there still a need for the road to be closed? Turning right at the junction at the bridge, the works have moved away from that area. And that always frustrates people when it, it, when it looks like the road works are all done and dusted. Yet some of the restrictions are still in place. Oh, 818 103-103. John Paul taking new calls.
0: Court today on C103.
1: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie
2: We spoke in recent weeks about the importance of community first responders with a call out to people to consider signing up as a volunteer in their own area. So I'm delighted this morning to talk about Dunmanway's community first responders, which are now up and running, and to chat about their work. I'm joined by Von Cahalan, who is one of the community first responders. Good morning, to you Yvonne
6: Morning, Patricia. How oh, are you?
2: I'm very, I'm very good. Always great to talk to you. Like other community first responders, I'm assuming you were delayed starting up because of COVID. We were. It, it,
6: it was. It was so ironic. We were at. I think it was the week before we were to start our training. Um, covid happened and everything got locked down and all the cfr groups um they they just yeah they were all shut down so uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was a bit of a battle and uh, lots of pitfalls in between um you know different changes of policies as policies changed and then maybe we had a lot of high risk volunteers so some of them had to step aside so yeah uh, so it, it it's been a a bumpy road to get here but it's absolutely awesome to have it, have it launched now.
2: Yeah because I know when I was uh, I was talking a few weeks ago with the National Ambulance uh, Service uh, they were talking, you know trying to get the groups that had been established before COVID, trying to get them back up and running on top of trying to get new groups uh, like yourself. so it has all been a little bit of uh, a nightmare. How many responders do you have in Domamwe under your group?
6: We have eight trained already. Um and we have a support list that they're all there ready um It's a case of you know maybe the time isn't right for them or um work is too busy right now, and they're they're so they're they're interested they've signed up, but they're just uh, trying to secure their their timing so eight so far, and that's to cover a ten k radius. So we would be covering, you know, all of the Manway and, you know, places out as far as uh, near Balneen and out towards Ment, over towards uh, Drina, um, Lowne, Drimleague, uh, Bealut, Belgartine, all areas. um within our 10k radius so we've got um, a a lot to cover.
2: Yeah and particularly a rural area like like that uh, it's so important that we have a group of of first responders. Just talk to me a little bit um, Yvonne about the type of calls that you'd be likely to attend.
6: Well that's the thing that I mean it's important for volunteers to be aware of and um, because we're linked with the National Ambulance Service we could get a call out for you know for uh, A lot of things that, you know, we may not expect or that we have to be prepared for. So um, chest pain, cardiac arrest, um, choking, stroke. um,
3: uh,
6: In in some of these situations, you know, people need to be aware that it could be a suicide situation that we could be walking into. um, And it could be an overdose situation that we're walking into. So because we're we're in that 10k radius and we have volunteers um scattered around within that area everybody gets a call so nobody is no more than 10 minutes away which is vital um you know every minute, your, your chance of survival goes down by yeah
2: so the, so the ambulance yep. service gets the call in you know usually through a nine 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 and they decide they're obviously going to send an ambulance, but they send the first responder so that you get there first isn't isn't that one hundred
6: percent yeah, so if when somebody calls in for an emergency um or one of those one of those emergencies, we will get a text alert. And what has changed is, uh, one of the things that's changed is responders would have to have um, uh, their own phone, which we were getting donated actually by Buckley Financial, which was fantastic of them. But what is what the new policy is that we're all listed, all the responders in our group are listed with the National Ambulance Service. So when a 999 call comes in fitting to fitting to what we are qualified to respond to, we will get a text. Every single person in the group will get a text, and every single one of these those those volunteers are able to get to there. So, let's say if I'm on duty and and I'm here in Demandway, but um, one of our volunteers lives over near Ballinacarraige, and they, the 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 call is actually for there, they can go straight there and start CPR before the person on rota, um, who has the defibrillator bag, gets there. So it's it's so important that you know and it's, it's fantastic that we have so many volunteers scattered around
2: the UK radius brilliant and it's all about that quick response isn't it and the golden hour that we speak about and unfortunately you know we don't live in a country where we can have an ambulance parked down the road when the need comes that you need an ambulance
6: no no you're you're talking I mean, you, yeah, you're typically talking 20 minutes or something for, for for them to get there and they're short-staffed and they're, you know, they're busy and they're, they've got a lot going on themselves. They're looking for additional um, trained uh, paramedics. So it's people like us that are just able to get there, start the process and when they arrive, do the handover. And if they, they request us or need us to, to stay on to help us, or to help them then we're there to do that but if not then then we're able to stand down and they take over and uh start the process for hospital arrival or yeah
2: and you have your own defibrillator as part of the group we Do. We were there there's so many
6: people to thank like we we got donations that was at the very beginning so if it if it's okay to list out the, the people that donated, Okay, yeah, it was do fantastic. yeah. So we had um we had a big donation from Power Farm Services, um, Mike Collins uh, with Belfast Hospital, Buckley Financial, Credit Union to Manway, Crowley's Chemist in Manway, and Gordon Kidd, Kingston Shop as well. So, and then there's been dono- donations like our, our volunteers are constantly going. I'll pay for that. I'll pay for that. I know. I know. So, I like, think- there's there's a big heart to it, and we've like the volunteers are just amazing. They stuck it out, you know, through. The entirety of COVID when we got when we got stood down um, to come back and to get trained and to be out there. So everyone has, you know, a great heart and, and really understands the purpose.
2: And of course, because it's local people, the community first responders are local to an area. In a lot of the cases, Yvonne, you're likely to know the family. That you're attending, and that in itself must bring some comfort. I mean, I would love the idea of opening the front door in a panic situation like this, and to see somebody you know.
6: Yeah, yeah, it it would be a comfort, and and this is this is um, another benefit of having so many responders. So let's say, let's say there's a call, and um, and maybe it is your neighbour, and maybe it is something that you feel you can't, you can't. Um, you know, get your head around it. it's too stressful for you. But there is eight eight responders that are there right now. There will be another training group going on after this, um, but they can they can take 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 that on board and they can jump in. But most of our responders have some experience in. Some of them are nurses. Some of them are EMTs. Some of them are EFRs. So we are assisted nurses. We, we've got various levels of people that that are volunteers that that would be able to just switch on the professional and manage the situation. Um, it, it is, it's very likely. I mean, 75% of, of these calls happen in the home and happen at night and happen for men. Men are more likely to, to need these calls and it could be your neighbour, so you have to be prepared for that. But mm. like you said, yes, you could. you would definitely be a comfort if you were able to say, you know, don't worry, Mary. We've got this.
2: He'll be okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah, and, and, that. and ultimately, yeah. you you uh, will save people's lives. Because I love your the slogan is: "We hope you never need us, but we're here when you do." Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that just really, absolutely sums it up. I mean, your your own experience. I mean, I would know you from your work with the Red Cross. You do a lot of work with the Red Cross. Is that what I led do. you? Is that what led you to become a first responder?
6: Um. You know what, this all stems back to Tristan.
2: (laughs) Does it? That doesn't surprise me either.
6: I got trained with the Red Cross to be able to better care for him, um, including in administrating, uh, administering oxygen or um, resuscitation or uh, suction, any of these different things. And uh, then it became a, a network and a team. And, uh, you know, it, it's fantastic. They themselves, like we've got a training session tonight and they've they've left us borrow, you know, are any dolls until we get our own um, and then it was the case of, when, when Tristan was bad it was the case of, my god, like do I have to drive around with a hammer <laughs> what AED am I going to break into, where are they if I need one for him and um, so it was the fear of, of where are they and how can I access one? So that's that was the the, the thinking process. Do you know what? It, it, they are there and there are ways. I mean, people can look up um, sites like AED Rescue and um, see where there are ones. But there, a, lo- a lot of them are not registered. And so that's why this is important. We're able to be mobile. Um, somebody is on a roster all the time. Whoever has the defibrillator, um is available for that entire time that they have it, but everybody else will get the same text message to be able to, to get there. And uh, you know, if we have if we have enough there, let's say if three arrive, then a text will go back to the rest of the responders going that's enough We're so okay. that we don't overcrow yeah. the situation
2: yeah. Alright listen it's, it's, it's fantastic what uh, people do and the, the time that people uh, vol- uh, give up on a voluntary basis I saw a lovely text in from Councillor one of your local councillors Declan Hurley to say hi Patricia I want to congratulate Yvonne and the CFR team of Domama community first responders on getting up and running it's such a valuable and important service in the uh, community says uh, Councillor Declan Hurley and so say oh, all of you, us uh, it really awesome. is and actually seeing as you've mentioned Tristan how is he uh, Yvonne how is he getting on how has the summer been and is he back to school in September he will be he's flying
6: it he's uh, he's he's getting big and strong um, we have been keeping him hidden from the heat <laughs> Um but he's he's gone back to the swimming pool in the man we hear now and they're they're absolutely fantastic there with him as well because there's a, a disability changing room there and it's a fantastic facility. So if he's if he's stressed out or if it's too too much for him, um, we can take him back inside there in the room. So he's getting into swimming and everything and yeah, he's uh, he's doing absolutely amazingly. That there's a, a a whole load of work that still needs to happen with the medical cannabis situation. But are you
2: still are you still getting it delivered? Please don't say you're back on planes heading out to Amsterdam
6: no we're still getting it delivered right. but uh, it's it's not ideal i mean it there's confidentiality patient confidentiality issues gdpr issues there's there's lots of things like that that just shouldn't be there it should be simpler and it should just be here and available in your pharmacy and just go to the doctor you know get your prescription go to your chemist pick it up um, so we still we still have a lot of issues with things like you know doctors really not not willing to prescribe um, or not particularly not willing to prescribe THC. So um, there, you know I'm I'm still at that I'm I'm still behind the scenes of working away with that. It's it needs to be more accessible, just 100%. And um, that's just the bottom line. Yeah.
2: Okay. And Oscar, getting on great.
6: Oscar is flying at Oscar is, is doing his UCC training and or his courses and he's just had a cycle camp here um, I'm actually I'm actually at work so my, I've got a great boss here <laughs> we actually train in this facility at the man family resource Center and they've been absolutely fantastic so he's had his cycling camp here as well um, yeah they, it, they, it's it's all been brilliant and you know just to get over all the bumps, and bumps of of getting this up and running, we're just we're just really thrilled.
2: Well, well done, um, well, well done, well is done. The, is you there
6: will. a list of thank yous that I I might be able to just send out, Patricia? Uh,
2: how long is it? Very quickly. Go <laughs> cool, quickly.
6: So, Jonathan National Ambulance Service, CFR Ireland. Tim League, Baltimore Skull and Cork City CFR groups who, who helped us with training and getting us up and running. Demandway Red Cross for the equipment. The fire service here in Demandway for, for all their help. Our donators and the resource centre here in Demandway for um, facilitating uh, the training room. And of course our responders, Christine, Karen, Mary, Kimberly, John, Kieran. John myself.
2: Okay, well done. Well done to you. And if Thank people are, are interested in getting involved, either as a volunteer or perhaps as a supporter and would like to donate, uh, I take it you're you're open to hearing from people.
6: We would be absolutely thrilled with that. So they can either email cf at gmail dot com or they can call and leave a message on oh eight seven two nine six one six seven four and we're on Facebook and Instagram as well if they, if they want to find us there and get in touch with us through that. Okay. And thank you, Patricia. Well, You're a wonderful well, link to the community. Well,
2: we, so wish, you, we, wish you, we wish you luck with it. And as I say, I'll, I'll give out your mantra again. Uh, we hope you never need us but we're here when you do. Listen, continue. Good luck to everybody involved in the Dunmanway group, but indeed all of our fantastic community first responders. Yvonne, as always, a pleasure. Look after yourself and thanks for talking to us. You as well. Good morning to Yvonne Cahalan, who is the coordinator of the CFR Dunmanway group. 0818 uh, 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls and actually talking to calls. uh, John Paul had a call in earlier from John, one of our our listeners, who's wondering, does anybody know, will there be any shuttle buses operating to take people to and from Bail-Nablau for the commemoration next weekend? And we will be talking later on in the week. We will be talking about uh, bail Nablaw, but in particular to offer advice to people who will be travelling. I mean, I've heard uh, of I've heard organisers saying that they're expecting up to 5000 people to attend Bail-Nablau on account of it being the 100th anniversary of the death of, of Michael Collins, it kind of is hard to put an actual number on how many people are going to turn up or not. But is there going to be problems if everybody drives to the event? Will there be enough space for people to park cars? So I think a shuttle bus would be a great idea from some of maybe the neighbouring neighbouring towns or villages. Anyway, let's put the shout out. Does anybody know of a shuttle bus that will be bringing people to and from bail Bló? next weekend if so give us a buzz and let us know
1: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed
2: Some of your calls and comments coming into the uh, programme Here's one uh, listener says Cork GAA not allowing water breaks last weekend during the middle of the heat wave. this listener felt was a disgrace to amateur players especially when all other GAA counties and soccer games brought in water breaks so I did a quick check to see what was going on with water breaks during the heat wave because I remember last Thursday when I was uh, I saw it was in the examiner a piece by John Fogarty uh, saying that a growing number of counties this was last Thursday heading into the weekend were instructing referees to allow water breaks for the forthcoming uh, games across the weekend because we knew Saturday and Sunday were going to be so so warm. Now it seems Carberry board here in Cork took the decision to do so for their matches earlier last week only to be instructed by the county board to discontinue the practice so I don't know why because seemingly Dublin GAA their central committee said due to the current heat wave on an exceptional basis they had decided that all games being played across last weekend August 12th to 14th would have water breaks and Kilkenny followed suit but it seems it didn't happen here in Cork and then that got me thinking about why, why, why did they stop doing water breaks and it seems back to dreaded Covid again uh, it was to cut down on bottle sharing during the pandemic it was in the summer of 2020 water breaks were actually disbanded at the start of the year um, and that was to coincide with the scaling down of uh, Covid restrictions so I don't know why the decision was taken here in Cork not to allow uh, water breaks because you have to remember at the weekend we had temperatures up in the high 20s, 26, 27, 28 uh, degrees Celsius. So I don't know why, if anybody knows, why Cork GAA made the decision not to allow water breaks when other counties decided to go uh, with it. 0818 103 103. Some of your texts in. Uh, Hi, uh, Patricia. I just caught the end of your chat with uh, Jackie O'Hare talking about mental health and those suicide prevention workshops, just giving people the skills to be able to pick up um, if a loved one or a work colleague or a family member or a friend is maybe having suicide thoughts just to know what to say, what are the right questions and to point the person to either locally or nationally where help might be available. This West Cork listener says, I was once in a very distressed way mentally a number of years ago, but basically I shared my emotions and my issues with a trusted, reliable other and they opened doors and avenues which helped turn my life around. Basically, by sharing my emotions to a trusted other, was a great relief. At the end of the day, a problem shared is a problem to have. Thank you, nutrition and, and good good to know that you have the right person to be able to listen to you. And that's what this Safe Talk programme that we spoke about that's been run by the HSE and it's running right across Cork City and County. There literally shouldn't be a town uh, or an area of the city near you that isn't running one of these half-day workshops and they're free of charge. It would be great to see a lot of people uh, taking those on board. Thank you and... and Good to know that you're keeping well today. And I spoke about the. Dublin Airport and how queue times have eased at the airports. This was announced yesterday. If you're travelling out of Dublin Airport, you don't need to be there too early. Two hours now before a short-haul flight and three hours before a long-haul flight. Michael says, Patricia, I was just in touch with a family member who was flying out from Dublin Airport yesterday to Greece and I asked, what time did you have to be at the airport for yesterday morning before your flight time? And the reply back that the recommended time was two hours, but family member told me that the airport was very quiet. Yeah, they seem to, that the days of people queuing outside the building, thank God, is long gone. And the very fact that they've stood the army down, they certainly have the additional workers in that they need. I mean, that was the big problem. They just they let too many workers go because of the pandemic and because nobody was flying anywhere. They left all the workers go and of course a lot of those workers then weren't sitting around waiting to be taken back on at Dublin Airport. Many of them went on and got into different types of work and then they've got to train everybody in and get in. and I know there was an issue at one stage that the contracts that they were offering Uh, weren't as attractive to a lot of people and they had an issue around that but they do seem to have sorted out their problems Thank God. But thank God that we have Cork Airport where you never have any of those problems with delays. It is always such a pleasure to fly in and out of Cork uh, Airport. So the sooner we see more and more flights with more and more destinations out of Cork Airport, the better. Thank you for your text, Michael, to 0862 And Heidi says, hi, Patricia, I was listening to you speaking about the cost of living and the cost of housing. And some of the things that have been suggested that we can expect in next month's budget. I was wondering if in this budget will the government finally look at inheritance tax? They need to look at that. It is long overdue. Many people would have purchased their houses back in the 70s, the 80s or even into the 90s. House prices for those houses is now much more than they would have paid Paid out in the first place, I know it has been mentioned in the doll before, but still nothing has been brought in. Will something change in budget of twenty twenty two Many young people have found it very hard to find the money to pay taxes for this when they lose a parent and they inherit a home. Uh, thank you for that heidi and yeah, and I've, there's so many things been mentioned about what we can expect to see in the budget. Haven't seen inheritance tax or any changes to inheritance tax. I have heard it been discussed, but I don't know if they're going to bring in any changes. I mean, the current rate of inheritance tax in Ireland is a 33 percent, which is uh, really, really higher. And it seems double what it is for most. I know certainly it's double to what inheritance tax is in the UK. And I think it's doubled what inheritance tax is in America. And Heidi is right. House prices certainly have gone uh, through the roof and when somebody inherits a house, they can then end up being faced with this massive inheritance bill. And unfortunately, what has happened in the past is an inheritance tax can actually sometimes result in relatives who inherit the property actually having to sell it in order to pay off the inheritance tax. And when you think of somebody passing on maybe a much loved family home to somebody it would be never been part of the plan that they wanted the household. They probably hoped that some member of the family would, would live in it. Now, I know we did a piece last week on our citizens' information slot about inheritance tax. There's a huge amount of information on citizen information. Also, moneyguideireland.com They have a very good piece about uh, inheritance uh, tax or capital gain, capital acquisitions tax, isn't that what it's uh, called? Um, But they go through all the different thresholds because it, it depends on if it's parents passing on to a child there's you know, there's a, there's a different allowance for that as opposed to, to say a nephew inheriting from an aunt or an uncle or if two people are inheriting the houses and then there's lots of different inheritance tax exemptions as well. And so if you go to any of those websites because I saw somebody who heard the tail end of our piece with the Citizen Information South last week and was even listening to it back on the playback but wasn't able to take down all the information. If you go to CISIS, the Citizen Information website I just put in inheritance tax on MoneyGuideIreland dot com. Their website. There is a lot of information there. Will it be mentioned? Will they change it? Will they? Will they bring up the the threshold of how much you can inherit? I think that's what needs to happen because of. How much? I mean, at the moment, the tax free threshold for 22 was three hundred and thirty five thousand. Now, that's directly if you are is a child inheriting from a parent. It's very different if it's another family member passing on a a house to somebody who isn't a son or daughter. Um, But uh, the amount of tax that ends up having to be paid can be huge, especially when it's the 33 percent. But I think the thresholds need to be looked at. Haven't seen anything in all of what we're hearing has been rumbled and mentioned as to what will happen in the budget. So maybe, maybe something will happen. We're going to have to wait and see. But thank you for your text to oh eight six. 103, 103 I'm going to do the Tommy R competition. I'll do it now and I'm just checking. I have to play out a piece. Okay. All this week we are giving you the chance to win with Specsavers hearing, celebrating Ireland's reopening with tickets to great events and experience. So we have tickets to get you to see the very funny Tommy Tiernan. He'll be live at the Cork Opera House in October and we have tickets to get you to see Tommy Tiernan, you and a friend plus we are throwing in a €100 Greens restaurant voucher. So I'm going to play a clip from Tommy Tiernan with the word missing and you have to try to work out what is the missing word. This is my first time hearing it as well so see if I can work out what it is.
7: Bought a big fancy when times were good you know and doesn't suit me.
2: I bought a big fancy
7: Bought a big fancy when times were good you know and doesn't suit me.
2: OK, what did Tommy Tiernan buy when times were good? It was a big fancy what?
7: Bought a big fancy when times were good, you know, and it doesn't suit me.
2: Now, if you think you know what Tommy Tiernan is talking about, we need you to text the word along with your name and address. It's, is it just on WhatsApp you're looking for John Paul or can I do it by text as well? Um, just on John Paul's not hearing me at the just on WhatsApp or I'm going to do it on text as well just on WhatsApp okay WhatsApp only please to 0862103103 103. if you can identify the missing word from Tommy Tiernan's uh, statement your name will go into a hat then if you've got the correct answer of course and you could be winning a tickets to go along to see Tommy Tiernan for you and a friend to the Cork Opera House and you'll be heading to Green's uh, restaurant with a voucher valued at 100 euros Specsavers have expert audiologists in all of their local Specsavers store and Specsavers Audiology bringing back the sounds you missed the most. I
7: thought a big fancy when times were good, you know, and it doesn't suit me.
2: The C103 Cork Diary.
7: With
1: Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie.
2: Now, we were talking with the National Council for the Blind uh, earlier, so it's timely for me to mention that volunteers are urgently needed for the NCBI charity shop in uh, Skibbereen. Please call into the shop or you can email shopvolunteer at ncbi.ie. This week's Home a Bingo are on sale in Kildallery Community Office, the Post Office Centre and in Myers-Max Hall in Mitchellstown Every week we earn the chance to win a full house with a 50 euro prize or a snowball prize which stands at 900 euro. Ballonhasic Community Development Association are having a closed collection in the Marion Hall in Ballonhasic. They're running throughout the month of August. It's to raise funds for the Marion Hall Car Park now, bags can be dropped from now up to the 27th of August on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so this evening from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And then Saturdays throughout August, 2.30 to 4 p.m. Used rewearable clothing, shoes, bags, towels, sheets, blankets, curtains and duvet covers, but please, no duvets or pillows. And Mallow Golf Club, they are holding their annual Golf Classic From Thursday the 25th to the 27th of August is to raise funds for the development of the club and course. Teams of three golfers please 120 euro does include a meal and the tea box sponsorship is 50 euro and Newstest Town Festival is underway since Sunday it runs through until next Sunday with the week activities including Bob the Donkey Road Bowling Tournament and a Family Fun Day a world record attempt for the largest gathering of people named Michael Collins that John Paul spoke about on the programme yesterday that will take place on the 21st which is next Sunday to celebrate Michael Collins Centenary in Newstest Village. Afterwards, there'll be a ceremony in Bail Nabla.
0: Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance
1: Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie
2: some of your calls uh, coming in a listener says Patricia no way should an inheritance tax be brought in I hate to be the bearer of bad news an inheritance tax is already uh, there an inheritance tax or a capital acquisition tax as it's called is a tax charged on people or property that's gifted to or inherited by somebody and some people refer to it as a gift tax or an inheritance tax so it's already there uh, but people want the bans to be widened so that you don't pay as much uh, inheritance tax and even to bring it down because it's set at 33% at the moment. Anyway, this listener thinks the inheritance tax are totally unfair. All of these taxes should be stopped, says this texter. Also, I would like to see a stop to these one-off payments that are being made, especially to parents. It's sickening. And I'm assuming what you're talking about there was when I mentioned one of the things that has been spoken about included in in the budget 2023 when it gets announced at the end of September is help for struggling families and one of the things that has been mentioned is that there's going to be an increase in the children's allowance of the child benefit. There'll be a one-off double payment that will be announced to help as part of the cost of living uh, package and that will be announced on budget day. This listener is against that and I'm assuming it isn't a listener with a young family because anyone with a young family at the moment trying to get the back to school costs going will know how difficult it is at the moment and they are just some of them hanging on by the skin of their teeth can't, can't wait for any little bit of an extra help that they can get in the budget which, which will happen at the end of uh, September. And uh, Mike says Hi Patricia I too suffered from bi- bipolar and I also had suicidal thoughts. I was very thankful that my mother was able to help me out. Also grow mental health were absolutely brilliant. And that's from Mike. Thank you for that. Mike stay well and stay healthy. And then a number of people Oh The road closure in NAD that we got the original text in, somebody had spotted... A sign that was up in Nad uh, village that the road is going to be closed from Nad to Cork City. It'll be closed from next Saturday, 20th of August, through to the following Friday, the 26th. And somebody said in the text that local people are saying that it is a cattle walkway has been constructed. Well, somebody in the know got onto us to say, yes, that is exactly what is happening. It's the construction of a cattle underpass. And in order for this work to to go on, the only way they can do it is to close the road for that uh, period. Now there was, um, John Paul found a piece that went into the papers, I think, earlier, announcing this road uh, closure across next week and it is a 24 hour closure but the person who contacted us to explain what is going on said it's a short-term pain for long-term gain anyone who normally travels on that road will know morning and evening time farmers have to get cattle across the road obviously for for milking purposes and that always delays people so when this is finally constructed it'll be a cattle underpass Cattle will no longer be on the road. So they're asking everyone to have a little bit of patience, please, a short term short term pain for long-term gain but it is a 24-hour uh, closure for the construction of that cattle underpass that is the road from NAD going to be closed next week 0818 103 103 and when I mentioned one of our listeners was wondering would there be any kind of a, a shuttle bus going out to Bale nablaw next Sunday a number of people said yes there is going to be a park and ride uh, facility so John Paul is after getting me the, uh, the official notice for the Blaw centenary uh, commemoration which is happening in Blaw next Sunday 21st of August and of course this year to mark the fact that it is 100 years since the death of Michael Collins there's going to be two orations this year that has never, ever happened in the 100 years. The Taoiseach, Michal Martin, will give an oration, as will the Thornish Minister for Enterprise, Leo uh, Varadkar. They are anticipating huge crowds are going to turn up uh, for the uh, event. So there will obviously be a temporary road uh, closure. And those that are attending are, are being asked to park in the designated parking areas. Now, if you are going to drive to Bailinablaw, you will have a walk of about, they reckon, 900 metres. So make sure. You and whoever you're traveling with will be able for that kind of a walk. No seating will be provided. They're asking people to dress according to the weather. I mean, if it was last weekend, you'd be looking for the sunscreen. Let's wait and see closer to the weekend what the weather is going to uh, look like. The ceremony is going to commence at three o'clock. It will be broadcast live on the RTE News Channel, by the way, for those who can't go. And just on parking arrangements, a park and ride facility will be in operation for those travelling from north and east of the country via the N22. The park and ride will operate from Crookstown Village in the field opposite the post office and they will have guardians, stewards there who will be directing cars and controlling uh, the parking and I'm told it will be really well signposted. And then if you're travelling from the south and uh, west, people will be travelling, say, through uh, McCroom, you should arrive via Kilmurray and be directed to parking pitches. And again, please follow all of the events, signage and all of the Stuarts. Parking will be Limited, obviously, on the day, and they are really encouraging people to try to carpool. And if you are going by car, you must be parked up by one thirty. And as I say, the commemoration will commence at three. Now we are planning on having a piece about the Blow later on in the week. So if we get any further information on that. Uh, we will but there is a parking right for somebody who was on to us earlier asking about would there be a shuttle service as a parking right. 0818 103, 103 what is our answer to our competition today? Bought
7: a big fancy car when times were good you know and he bought, a, suit
2: me. he bought a big fancy car that doesn't suit him and a lot of people got it right. A lot of people also got it wrong. I saw a number of people thought that he bought a big fancy camper van. Somebody else thought he bought a big fancy house. Somebody said a big fancy motorbike. Someone else said a big fancy TV. No, it was a big fancy car, was what Tommy Tiernan bought when times were good, but it didn't suit him. I don't know why it didn't suit him, but he reckoned it didn't. And our winner today is Christine O'Neill in Ballinadee. Congratulations to you. Christine O'Neill, Ballinadee, has won for herself tickets to go see Tommy live at the Cork Opera House in October, along with a friend of your choice, Christine, and a 100 euro Greens restaurant a voucher. It's uh, all in. Um, in association with Specsavers. Now, they have expert audiologists in their local Specsavers store and Specsavers Audiology, bringing back the sounds you missed the most. We will have another audio clip from Tommy Tiernan tomorrow. With another missing word and your chance to win here on Cork Today on C103.
0: Court Today on C103. With
1: Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group, promoter, home, business, farm,
2: life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
0: This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
2: And Joe Heffernan uh, joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon Patricia and today, and, uh,
7: I hope to say to you that I hope Brendan has recovered fully from his weaver sting.
2: Uh, he has indeed and I couldn't believe when I mentioned it at the top of the programme how many other people cut out oh, to yeah. say that they got stung by a weaver fish. And Ona Onahincha yeah. in particular seems to have a lot of weaver fish so please be careful. Okay, your phone line isn't great today for some reason. Ah, you're perfect there now. Uh, Yeah, you're perfect there now. Okay, you just be careful if you put on those you can get those little aqua shoes. Um, a lot of the I saw, I'm sure I saw them on sale in Aldi at the yeah. weekend as well just yeah. pop a pair of those uh, those on just uh, be careful starting to the lifeguard and I was saying is this to do with climate change because we never used to see this many we- weaver yeah. fish with the, wa- you know, the water The heating uh, up the
7: pain is supposed to be Exclusive. absolutely horrendous Yeah, and of course the hot water is the is the
2: is the way to go yeah yeah it's a simple it 's a simple enough remedy yeah, but if you yeah. don 't know what the remedy is exactly. or you don't you don 't realize what 's happened to you i 've heard of more people ending up in a and e because yeah. they can 't get the pain and don 't understand what's what 's going on and yeah. i 've seen photographs of a of a foot swelling, people getting yeah. spasms i mean it 's just unreal yeah it 's just they 're a nasty little thing i 'll give them that yeah in the yeah okay today we 're going to talk about a depression because unfortunately i'm yeah. um, I take it a combination of a number of things. We had the pandemic and we had the lockdowns and people feeling isolated. And then we've come out of that into a situation where the world seems to be teetering on a world war with what's happening with Russia invading Ukraine. And then we're constantly hearing about climate change. There's just so much that can get a person down.
7: Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are lots of worries going. Like one that I'd have now is that I'd be hoping that the lights would stay on uh, when we get to winter. Um, You know, uh, the planning seems to have been completely missing. I remember ranting on about this a year ago and, and now it's starting to get mentioned, you know. I mean... We we have we have uh, guessed that we can tap off the southwest coast, and the word nuclear seems to be nuclear. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, um, uh, we we need to get cracking on on on, on having. Uh, what are we calling it? Energy security.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yes. we're, yeah. So
7: we're... lots of stuff hanging over Come. us at the moment, as you say.
2: Okay. So, but people can—we all go through periods where we feel down, yeah. and you, you can get, you know, a period where you just feel everything's getting on top of you, and that's not necessarily depression. What we want to talk about today are the are the signs of depression.
7: Yeah, the kind of signs that if you were experiencing quite a few of them that you would need to consult with your GP or maybe go on google IACP.ie and um you'll find a person um in the psychotherapy counseling um uh, uh, profession um pretty near you um so yeah like a fee- the, the the signs that would indicate a need to do something would be a persistent kind of a sadness um feeling down all the time um uh, if a person finds that he or she has lost interest in the things that were favorite things just kind of feeling haven't the, i haven't the energy to to go about the things that i used to love to do um in other words like finding no fun no enjoyment in life, there would be typical uh, symptoms, um, a loss of self-confidence, a kind of a more of "I I can't attitude than I can. Um, you know, feeling not able, um, feeling uh, not good enough kind of thing. Um, increased feelings of anxiety,
2: now that's um, interesting. You mentioned that because somebody says mm-hmm. a question for Joe, please. What's the difference between depression and anxiety?
7: Well, I suppose the the uh, a, a very down to earth kind of a definition of um, uh, depression would be that feeling down, the feeling, the lack of energy, lack of motivation to do anything. The anxiety, on the other hand, would be a heightened ar- sense sense uh, um, uh, arousal um you know uh, feeling uh, feeling afraid feeling frightened um uh, i mean typically an adrenaline rush through the body which can be the basis of um a panic attack um there'd be the you know very very simple kind of um Uh, differentiations between depression and anxiety. Can
2: they be linked?
7: Exactly. Um, They're they're brother and sister. They they do go together, you know.
2: If you suffer with one, you might suffer with the other.
7: Absolutely. They're two sides of the same coin. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it's generally feeling, this feeling of being just down. No enjoyment in life. Nothing to look forward to. Everything seems pointless.
7: And every little task seems like climbing a mountain. Um, You know, little things that need to be done, which would be simply done if one had the motivation to do them. It's all too much kind of thing. Um, One day goes by, two days go by, three days go by, and that little thing that needed to be done isn't done um uh those uh, those kind of things
2: and and of and course, and, and, it's, and not always the case, but sometimes depression can lead to thoughts of suicide
7: absolutely absolutely um now, I would like to stress that thoughts of suicide and um uh the action of suicide are planets apart um uh, a a thought can be fleeting or can even last for a little while about that life is not worth living um, and and that that does not mean that necessarily that a person um will um uh, follow through with those kind of thoughts um uh, but they are significant and should be acted on um you know, there's kind of a feeling of um, that when a person, we'll say, goes to sleep and has a wish that they w- wouldn't wake up, um, that's a real sign of being very, very down. And that would, I, I, I would suggest very strongly a visit to the, the GP. GP.
2: And when, yeah. when you talk about uh, going to sleep and not wanting to wake up, sleeping too much can often be a sign as well, can't it? Wanting it to can. stay, not it wanting can. to get out of bed.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side of that would be um, uh, regularly waking very, very early um, in the morning um, and unable to get back to sleep. That would be a typical symptom as well. And
2: then you're tired uh, throughout the day because you haven't had a good night's sleep.
7: Absolutely. It's a vicious absolutely. circle. Absolutely. So these things um, are kind of a feeling, a loss of energy, feeling tired all the time. Um, and I think that kind of has something to do with the the COVID pandemic and that um, I found that I was quite that way, um, uh, you know, recently, not as bad, but back along a bit um, during the pandemic, just feeling um, like the battery was completely ran down um, uh uh, n- n- not due specifically to having COVID, but wh- whatever kind of malaise was over society generally. Um, it's like you were saying at the start, Patricia. I think there was we were being hammered with so much uh, bad news um, all the time. And um, incidentally, as you mentioned, anxiety um i read there recently of a um mindfulness and stress reduction course in cork um and if anybody wanted to ring me i have a number for that course and i i i uh, from what i read about it it would be an excellent one
2: mm, I learned, um, and i know yeah. sister stan the wonderful sister stan she's a huge advocate for for mindfulness and it certainly can and does help with people who battle uh, with depression So And and also people, you know, to look out for kind of the warning signs. You don't want to socialise. You don't want to connect with people that you may normally have always connected with in the past.
7: Absolutely. Don't want to meet anyone kind of thing. Um, And becoming quite isolated. Um, You know, the very thought of meeting people would be, I don't want to. You know, that kind of way. Um, Even for a person who would have been quite a sociable uh, person. Um, So spending less time with other people, even friends, um, uh, 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 even family, Um, you know, basically not wanting to see anyone.
2: Disconnecting, Um, yeah, just completely disconnecting. And would it affect your eating patterns?
7: Could go either way. Um, It could be a a, a lack of appetite, Um, you know, just... um, don't feel like food um, or it could be uh, the other way around with comfort eating and very often with um, inappropriate diet like um, you know sweets, chocolate, uh, buns all that I'd be be holding my hand up there Yeah and then
2: if (laughs) you're not feeling already down and then suddenly you're piling on the weight which is just adding to it, it's just not helping.
7: No indeed no, I mean we've all heard, um, kind of half jokingly but quite seriously about the COVID stone. Yeah,
2: yeah, and
7: um, yeah.
2: And that yeah. was out of boredom. A lot of people would say that they, they, they took to eating. And then the big yeah. worry when you're feeling down like that is that you'll turn to alcohol and our drugs to try to make yourself feel better.
7: Absolutely, and of course, um, we can't get the message across enough to say. Alcohol is a depressant, so that um uh in fact you're 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 taking a substance which actually makes you depressed now, a person hearing that might say that doesn't sound like the guy that I held in the pub singing the fields of Aton Roy. He didn't seem to be too down, no, but the next day um and for days after. I would have spoken to so many people who suffer from anxiety and are depression, and they would have told me again and again that, um, uh, say, after um, uh, a fair few drinks, we'll say at the weekend, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday can be dreadful, Um, that the the old um, uh, depression especially uh, would be exacerbated. By, um, by the drinking by it, the it doesn't drinking. solve it yeah,
2: and, and Meg is saying particularly when we're tying it in with all the depressing news that we're seeing on TV and what's yeah. coming from around the world somebody says try to avoid news bulletins and I've heard of that's from Meg thank you Meg I've heard of more people doing that I mean particularly during Covid times people were saying I just can't hear it anymore I can't listen to it anymore and Ukraine with the horrible horrible situation in the Ukraine I've heard people say that as well they just try to avoid the news <laughs>
7: Absolutely, absolutely, Uh, because... um, Whatever works for
2: you, isn't it, really?
7: Whatever works for, you know, I'd have the curiosity, I'd want to know, but at the same time, um, we can have an overdose of bad
2: bad news all the time yeah. you know yeah there's that old sound can you give us a little bit good uh, some more good news or something it's caused we can all do with good news anyway yes. uh, your po- first protocol is your doctor help is available doesn't always have to be the medication route it may be the medicated route but please go talk to your GP also AWARE are a wonderful wonderful absolutely. organisation
7: absolutely absolutely AWARE um no there's um uh, the the number well you can Google just. I, I have I yeah
2: I have the free phone number is one eight hundred one eight hundred eight zero four eight four eight one eight hundred eight zero four eight four eight are aware dot ie yeah and please reach out because they are and I know we've heard from many of our listeners who have gone to aware meetings or connected yeah. with people from aware all talk about that it just changed their lives.
7: Yes, there was a person telling me they went to an AWARE meeting, I think it was in Lekele in Malo, and um, they found it to be um, very, very helpful.
2: Okay yeah. so help help is available and I don't know if you heard earlier we were talking about the HSE who are organising these communi- they've teamed up with community partners like IRD and Ballyhower and that and they're offering free training to individuals and groups who are interested in learning the skills that will help to reduce incidents of safe harm and suicide in the community. They're called uh, free, They're called Safe Talk Suicide Alert right. Skills Training.
7: And on and the th- front page of last Sunday's Independent there was a big ad for from aware, uh, looking for, uh, as they termed it, listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, reach out there and tell opportunities if you can. to be helpful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you have a good week, and we'll chat to you yeah. again next uh, Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, for Good afternoon to you. That is Joe Heffernan and Joe runs a counselling practice in Boha Bui His number is 086 834 8145 834 8145. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Onto then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Work
0: today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom,
1: now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C-M-I-G dot I-E.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.